Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff, and today is episode 97, almost at the century mark. And I'm excited to talk to the fans, but particularly the competitors, the guys competing that want to create a legacy, that want to become professional grapplers, that want to become one of the best of all time. Well, to get that title, you got to win some titles. To even be considered, you have to have a bunch of titles. So what are the most important grappling events in the world right now? Well, before I get into that list, we got to talk about the criteria. How did I make the list? There are five things that I was really looking at and judging these events on. One was eyeballs. What events are people watching the most? Grappling and non-grappling fans. Number two was the community. What does the community get excited for? And what does the community hold in high esteem? Number three, got to talk about money. (laughs) If you're going to be a professional grappler, you've got to make money. You have to be able to make a living, especially now where guys are training all day, every day. So what tournaments pay the most or what super fights pay the most? Or if you win this event, How much money you're going to make in the future? Seminars, online websites, school, just opening a school and having people come to train with you because you won, you're a champion of that event. The fourth is the field. Where are the best guys competing? What has the toughest fields? What are guys sacrificing months and months and just torturing themselves with just two, three a days, cutting weight? What means the most to them? What titles do they want? And the last is history. History is super important. And it definitely knocked and dropped a lot of really good tournaments because they just haven't had enough shows. They've only been around a few years. There's not enough evidence that, you know, they're still going to be here in five to 10 years. And honestly, as a competitor, you want to stand shoulder to shoulder next to the other great competitors that came before you, the guys that you looked up to, the guys that you watched and studied. You want to win ADCC because your favorite grappler did. So that's the criteria. Let's get into it. Before I start talking about the top 10, we have to talk about a show like Who's Number One. So like Who's Number One is a great example of a phenomenal show that I think in the future is going to be one of the top, it could be number one. I mean, it's who's number one is Flow Grappling's professional event. Considering Flow Grappling's RESPN, I mean, they could push who's number one to the biggest tournament in the world or the biggest event in the world. Next Friday, they're having Gordon Ryan versus Kyle Bame, no time limit sub only as the main event. Like, They're getting the best competitors already. The shows are amazing. I'm not quite sure the money payout right now, but I imagine it's pretty good, especially if you're getting Gordon Ryan. Like If you're getting Gordon Ryan to do a super fight, you're definitely paying in the 10K range easy, probably closer to 20K. But there's just not enough evidence. There's not enough history of who's number one. They've only done a few events, so they're off the list. Grapple Fest, kind of the same thing. They haven't had top, top talent. They've had a lot of super good professionals, but I think they've had nine events, eight or nine events, and just not quite enough. Didn't meet all of the criteria that I was looking for. So those are kind of the two that were on the fringe, Euros, 
Japan's, some of those gi tournaments, um, like IBJJF, just didn't quite make it. Prestigious, and you know, if you win, you're definitely a bad, bad dude, but you're not going to become the greatest of all time by winning Euros. So European geese is what I'm referencing. But number 10, let's get into it, is Third Coast Grappling. Third Coast Grappling seems like it has a lot of money behind it. They've already had a main event of Gordon Ryan versus Bo Nichols, which, again, I'm imagining they probably paid both those guys between fifteen to 25000 to come out and have a match. They really are, again, attracting top talent. They have an eight-man tournament coming up, paying out $10,000, and they have a who's who of young upcoming talent like William Tackett, Roberto Jimenez, Manuel Hibamar, $10,000 for an eight-man tournament. And it seems like they're having shows every, you know, quarterly. And again, they're getting the biggest names in jujitsu. They're flying them in. They're flying them in from wherever they are. I want to say it's a first class. Like um, they're really doing a phenomenal job to promote um, grappling right now, professional grappling. The big issue is that they don't have enough history. They don't have as many eyeballs as some of the other events. Like people still haven't caught on that third coast grappling is becoming an elite, elite event that you need to watch. But I think in the next few years, that's one that you'll really see possibly even enter the top five because I think they've got the money behind it to really make it special. Number nine is fight to win. So fight to win has, I mean, they have been paying professional grapplers or even amateur grapplers since the beginning. I want to say they have like 160 shows. They travel the United States. They've been doing that for the past four or five years and they've paid out almost like $5 million. So think about that. They've paid out almost $5 million. They treat the competitors like superstars. The shows are super cool. One big issue though is there's just too many titles. I have no idea. I'm as into grappling as you know, you'll know you ever find, and I don't know their current champions. It's very difficult to keep track of all the gi, no gi, master. I'm talking about only black belt because they do have uh, purple and brown belt champions, and that's awesome, but it really takes away, in my opinion, from the value of their black belt champions because they have so many title fights. They've just... They're, it seems like they're all over the board in weight classes and masters and gi, no gi. Like they doesn't seem like they have a, it just doesn't seem as prestigious to be a champion of fight to win just purely because of how many like numbers they have, like how many shows they've done, as well as you just don't really see the same guys defending. You know, they always have the marquee names competing and they're paying those guys well. But as I said, you know, you, you'll see one guy compete and then he might not compete or like he might not defend his title for a year. And then you forgot that he even had the title and it's just, it seems like it's a mess. But some of the most exciting matches and best cards have been brought to you by Fight to Win. Those guys do a phenomenal job. But I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to be considered one of the best ever and never have won a Fight to Win title. Like if you never win a Fight to Win title, eh, the, it won't. It, your resume will be fine without, it is what I'm trying to say. Number eight is Kasai. Kasai is another tournament. It's based in New York that I think has a lot of money behind it. They 
And they're a couple of steps ahead of Third Coast Grappling. It seems like Third Coast Grappling took a lot of what Kasai is doing and they've kind of become the Southwest, you know, the Southern Kasai. Kasai has been really famous for their eight-man brackets. So what they'll do is they'll do an eight-man pool play, two, four-people pools. They all fight each other, and then the winners face um, you know, the two winning sides. Like if you won bracket A, would face the winner of bracket B, and they fight for, I want to say it's probably ten to $20,000, probably $10,000. They've had a lot of phenomenal super fights. The champions of their shows are top talents. I mean, Hanato Canuto's had some of the most memorable matches I've ever seen on their shows and professionals really like working with Kasai. Kasai doesn't have the cool factor though of some of the other events. And I don't think they get the eyeballs of some of the other events. It kind of has the same issue with fight to win that I don't think you ever need to win a Kasai for people to think that you're like one of the baddest dudes like of all time. Now, Polaris, on the other hand, which is number seven, Polaris is super cool. It's kind of the coolest tournament. I think most guys, if they had to pick between the first, you know, five or six I've already talked about, you know, if we talk about Grapple Fest News, number one, most guys want to do Polaris. So Polaris is based in the United Kingdom. Their show and their production is always amazing. It's always top notch. It's been since the beginning. They haven't had some of the, um, you know, technical qualities, show qualities, uh, issues that other shows have had. I've never been like watched a Polaris and been like, oh man, like it's breaking out or, you know, the, I can't hear the announcers. They've always do a really professional job. They don't pay their athletes as well as uh, third coast or Kasai. I'm not quite sure what fight to win does pay-wise. So that's why, I mean, I know they've paid out, as I said, almost $5 million, but Polaris, I'm pretty sure they're not paying like somebody 20 to $30,000 to compete where I think Kasai and third coast is, has done is given out that type of money. But Polaris, it's just so cool, man. Like you're going to the United Kingdom, you're getting flown out to go to the United Kingdom. You're, um, they have the history They've been around for quite a few years now, and they've had some super memorable matches. Their current champions are one of the big knocks, I would say, is that a lot of their current champions are guys from the United Kingdom. And so they really do promote guys from the United Kingdom. Like they're trying to showcase, obviously, European grappling. And so you do get to see a lot of guys that you won't get to see in uh, third coast grappling just because they're not flying guys over from Poland or, you know, anywhere like that. But Polaris, as I said, it's every grappler's dream to be invited to Polaris. And you really want to become one of the Polaris champions. Polaris just has the name value. People get excited when it comes around, particularly European. If you want to be exposed to European fans and like really start doing seminars overseas, you become a Polaris champion. You for sure will be able to do a two month European tour, make easily $10,000, $20,000, as well as getting a free European vacation. Now, Number six is when we really start. So like the top six is when I think we really start talking about, hey, you know, these are the titles that you want to be considered one of the best of all time. Like if you have this title, it means a lot. It means that, you know, a lot of people saw you in that title. People are talking about it. Even guys are, you know, 
people that don't grapple are watching some of these tournaments. So number six is the ADCC trials, particularly the North American and the South American trials. But the North American trials the past four years um, have been just amazing. The fields are almost 100 people deep in some weight classes. To win is all, as like a lot of people consider it the most difficult competition to win in a calendar year. So if ADCC isn't happening that year, then they a lot of people consider the ADCC trials is the most difficult tournament to win, especially at 66, 77, and 88 kilograms. The heavyweight still, there's not a lot. You know, you might have 15, 25 guys enter. Um, but, man, those 66 and 77 particularly have almost 100 competitors and a lot of Past champions have won either the Brazilian trials or they've won the North American trials. Like guys that you would consider like Wagner Rocha. Like he's won multiple times. And he's definitely has a phenomenal legacy in grappling. Now, ADCC trials are so important because it gives you a ticket to, look, you're not going to think this is a shocker. ADCC is my number one. So I'll go ahead and ADCC is number one, but that was definitely the most obvious on the list. Everyone values ADCC. You know, you win almost $50,000 or I should say you do win $50,000 just to win your bracket. So ADCC trials get you an automatic invite and you're already, in my opinion, you and the ADCC trials, you're considered one of the best 16 grapplers in that weight class in the world right now so if you want to make yourself a case to being considered look you're in the top 16 college football teams then dude you're one of the baddest football teams in the you know in the world right now right same thing goes for adcc trials like you win and you go to adcc you're one of the baddest grapplers in the world right now mission accomplished like you're you are in that category of being one of the baddest dudes. You're with the guys you want. They're, they're your peers now. You know, they're your competition. You're not looking up to them anymore. Those are the guys you're competing against. So ADCC trials are super important. Now you don't re, you don't win any money. I'm pretty sure you don't win any money. They've given out like $1,000 in the past, but the big ticket is just, I mean, the big thing is you get a free ticket to ADCC and everyone talks about you. Everyone in the grappling community there's a buzz about you. You become one of the hottest prospects. And yeah, it's a huge, huge deal. Number five, we have CJJ, Combat Jiu-Jitsu. So Combat Jiu-Jitsu is ranked above ADCC trials purely for the eyeballs. CJJ is heavily watched. People that do not grapple watch, like of all the events I've listed, more people by far that have never grappled watch a CJJ event. Like I know people, I've had people sign up at the gym that have never taken a grappling class and they have watched a CJJ. They're like, man, I have UFC fight pass, UFC's behind it. They talk about how the numbers of CJJ are amazing. Like bigger than some of the UFC events. Like if they have some, you know, kind of weak free card, like the CJJ, um, tournaments will perform better they'll get more downloads and views than actual ufc events now the big thing that's hurting cjj is the talent pool hasn't been that great so far so a lot of the elite guys like the best grapplers aren't competing in it but there's a lot of money involved every competitor is getting paid now that's a big thing 
And I want to say if you win your first match, you get it double. So I think every competitor gets $1,000. And if you win your first match, you get $2,000. I'm pretty sure it's something like that. But every competitor is getting paid, and the winner can make $20,000 if he finishes everybody. But CJJ, it's really... If you want to make a name for yourself, particularly get Instagram followers, you want people to kind of know who you are, CJJ is a great way, like becoming the champion of that. And since the UFC is behind it, it's going to be here for the long haul. Like Eddie Bravo has just shown that, hey, love him, hate him, his stuff sticks. And CJJ is going to be here for a long time to come. So right now is the time if you want to make a name for yourself. Hey, there's a chance CJJ becomes the most popular tournament, grappling tournament in the world. And so now's the time to go and try and win it. If you have any aspirations to win CJJ, now's the time to do it. And honestly, you could be kind of in the early, like the early history of CJJ. Because I think of all the events, you know, CJJ is one of them that will be here in 50 years. Number four is Nogi Worlds. So, Nogi Worlds is definitely not as prestigious as Gi Worlds. The brackets aren't as tough, but at the same time, a lot of the top guys compete in it. It's still a title that every great competitor wants. They want to have that on their resume. I mean, Gordon Ryan, he can't stand the IBJJF, but he made sure that he won Black Belt, Nogi World, and Absolute. I think that tells you how important that title is if you wanted, as Gordon did, to be considered the greatest Nogi grappler of all time. He had to win that tournament. He had to double gold, and he did. So he doesn't ever have to do it again. But for legacy purposes, a Nogi World Championship looks really, really good. Now, you're not going to get the same seminars as you know winning a Gi World or the other top three, in my opinion. Like people, the community's weird about Nogi Worlds. Like they do, they rank it. I think everyone would rank it in their top five, but it's kind of like, ah, eh, you know, like you're an IBJJF guy. You still don't consider Nogi Worlds like the pinnacle of the sport. But as I said, you want to create legacy. You want to be considered one of the top guys. A Nogi World Championship is very, very important. And it goes a long way. It goes a long way in the community. And we're talking about respect. It goes a long way to earning you some real respect. Now, number three, the top three are the biggest tournaments or like the titles that I think people value the most. You have these titles, you know, you're a bad, bad dude. And number three, I have EBI. So it's funny. I've already said ADCC was number one. So I'll go ahead and say Gi World Championships is number two. And I actually, it was really tough for me uh, between EBI and Gi Worlds. And now I know a lot of people might think that's crazy, particularly if you're a huge Gi fan, because Gi Worlds is like the pinnacle for much of the community. Like you could go to a lot of schools and you ask them, hey, if you could win one championship, what it would it be? They'd say Black Belt Gi Worlds. No question. But EBI is just, has so many viewers, so many more eyeballs in my opinion. I shouldn't even say my opinion. It just does. EBI was outperforming quite a few of the UFC cards. Like Gary Tonin just talked about it. I know I've heard Eddie say it. Like there's millions and millions of views of some of those EBI events, particularly the ones with Gio 
and the Danny Hare Death Squad guys. So if it has Gordon in it, Gary, Eddie Cummings, or Gio Martinez, those events have millions and millions of views. Now, CJJ is benefiting from a lot of EBI's hype. Like, since EBI, we don't know if it's gone. I've heard, you know, it's not gone. There's going to be an event in, a, you know, less than a year. But at the same time, until it happens, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. But that's just a rumor. I mean, it might not even be true. Eddie hasn't said anything like that. So I should say that first. But EBI, you know, was the first, one of the first promotions. It's been, it was around for a long time. I'm considering that it's not over yet. I think there's still going to be more EBI. Somebody's going to pick it back up as EBI. But we're talking about $20,000. The absolute one had $50,000. We're talking about millions and millions of people watching. You know, Gary Tonin was talking about how he met people, like people were messaging him that weren't grappling fans that were just watching his EBI performances. He was like, that's when I knew that EBI was special, you know, and he was talking about how much of a disservice, you know, I shouldn't say disservice, but how much of a hole has been left because there isn't an EBI. Like it was the pinnacle for a lot of guys, particularly the no-gi grapplers. Like that was their pinnacle, even more than ADCC. Some guys wanted an EBI title. They wanted to become the reigning EBI champion. Eddie had a lot of shows like, you know, so if you were the champion, you had chances to go and defend yourself. Everybody kind of knew who the 155 pound champion was, the 170 pound champion. Everybody knew those numbers or I shouldn't say numbers. They knew who the champion was. The guys that did well in those tournaments got a big following. They got seminars. They got recognition. And so, EBI, though, while it's number three, I put it at number three below Gi Worlds. One, because they haven't had an event now since CJJ. So it could be over. So in a year or two from now, they might not even be on like an option. It might not be an option for you to do EBI. So you would just take that out. Something will replace it. Possibly CJJ could take that number three spot. But at the same time, I think something like Third Coast Grappling, like there's some events that are really on the way up where there's a lot of money behind it. And I think, you know, honestly, again, they're going to be very, very important in the future. But Gee Worlds is number two. It's just iconic. It's what most guys in the sport want to win. They could one chance to win. The big issue with Gee Worlds is it doesn't, I'm just being honest. If you're not a grappling fan and if you're not even like, let's say you, you don't train in the Gi even, you train no gi, you're not watching gi worlds. I watch gi worlds. I'm a fan, but I know most of my friends, I'm talking about black belts are like, dude, I don't watch gi worlds. It's boring. I don't like the rules are stupid, yada, yada, yada. Purely the community, the history, and the future money. Like those are the three big things. Like you win a gi world championship, you can do seminars for the rest of your life. You can create an online website and do phenomenally. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue a year just from winning a title that, honestly, you paid to be in. So that's one of the big knocks. It's why I have it below ADCC is you win Gi Worlds and you don't get a check. You don't get anything. You actually paid to be there. But that's what the competitors want. The brackets are always stacked. They have the best professional competitors compete at Gi Worlds. And... It's just missing the one thing. It doesn't have a big prize money. 
and the eyeballs. So I should say two things. Two things really not gee worlds, but at the same time, the three things it has going for it, man, you know, those they really crush three of the criteria, three of the, three of the things that I think are important. They really crush. But as I said, you're not going to have some random person like show up at your gym and go, oh, I, you know, I want to, you know, do gi jujitsu because I was watching gi worlds. Like that's doesn't happen. As I said, EBI, ADCC, and CJJ, like those are factors. Like, man, you know, you're getting grappling fans. Somebody will watch those events and become a grappling fan. Now, ADCC is number one. It's just the obvious choice. In my opinion, it's not even close. It's the most prestigious event in the world. You win an ADCC title, especially if you win multiple ADCC titles, you go down as one of the best dudes of all time. You will be in anybody's argument, especially in the weight class. If you're just talking about, hey, who's the best 100 and under 170-pound grappler in the world? You look at the ADCC champions first. You just do. If a guy hasn't won ADCC, then it's really tough to make that argument, you know, particularly when you've got guys that have won multiple, like Marcelo Garcia. Like, it's really hard to argue that Gary Tonin currently is a better grappler than Marcelo Garcia. Like, hey, who's the best one under 170-pound grappler? Like, Marcelo, just his ADCC resume, without looking at anything else he's done, it's just it speaks for itself, you know. And obviously, Gary's young. He's got plenty of chances. You know, if he even wins just one ADCC title with what he's doing in MMA, what he did in EBI, like, who knows? You know, he could go down as the best. But ADCC is what's going to give you, honestly, the title as being one of the baddest grapplers of all time. Like, you win one of those, you just are. You go down in history, you get to stand shoulder to shoulder with your heroes and the other baddest guys that have ever stepped on the mat. So I made this list because I always hear guys talk about, you know, hey, I want to I want to start competing like I want to like what's after Naga? What's after like what should I be striving for? I think this list is what every competitor, especially if you become passionate about it and really want to just you want to devote your life to you know, mastering and becoming the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor that you can. You got to know where to compete. And this is what this list is where is what you should be striving to do. Should be striving to win as many titles from this list as possible. Now, obviously you can become the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and never compete. Seriously, I do believe that, but you can't claim that title. You can't take that legacy of, oh man, you know, that guy over there, he's the baddest guy in the world. Like Kieran Gracie is a phenomenal example of a guy that I know people that think he is the best grappler in the world today. He doesn't, he's only competed like twice, like two or three times a black belt. But guys just say, man, I've rolled with, you know, Andre Galvao and I've rolled with this guy, that guy, this guy, the who's who. And Kieran Gracie is the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, practitioner ever, like ever. But he doesn't have the title, so he can't claim it. I don't care what anybody says. I love Huron. I think he is better than a lot of the top guys. Like, wait, I don't know. I think he's on to special, a special style of grappling. But he's not the greatest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu grappler of all time. You have to go out there and prove it on the battlefield. And the only way to do that is to win these events. Well, until next time, guys. 
I hope you guys are staying safe, having fun, finding ways to stay entertained as well as not becoming somebody that's stuck on your phone or watching Netflix all day. Get outside, read a book. It will make your life so much better. Make those changes for the better today. Peace.